listening to Unpacking Injustice with the Montana Innocence Project. This podcast tells the real stories behind wrongful and unjust convictions and illuminates the complex issues responsible for making our criminal justice system unjust. Today, we are providing a detailed explanation of the types of innocence cases and wrongful or unjust conviction cases MTIP takes on and how someone can access our legal services. Let's begin unpacking. Our mission is to free the innocent and unjustly incarcerated and advocate for systems of justice that are accurate, accountable, and fair for all. One of the main ways we achieve this is through free legal representation. Since our offices opened in 2008, MTIP has freed 10 people who collectively spent more than 175 years wrongfully incarcerated or supervised. Although we receive many applications for assistance, we are confident that there are more out there who would qualify for our legal help but don't know how to begin the process. Today, we are joined by the leaders of our legal program who will help us better understand what types of cases MTIP takes on and how to initiate the application. Take a listen. Could you begin by introducing yourselves and your roles with the Montana Innocence Project? I'm Katie Carpenter, the legal director and clinical supervisor. I'm Adrian Ellsworth. I'm the program support specialist. Katie, could you tell us what the legal program entails? Sure. So we provide free legal services to wrongfully convicted and um, people who are innocent of the crime for which they are convicted. Could you tell us the difference between innocence cases and unjust conviction cases? Sure. So innocence cases are a little bit more straightforward in that it's when somebody didn't do the thing that they were convicted of. Uh, Wrongful convictions um, are a little bit more broad. What we're looking for is more cases where mitigation evidence that wasn't brought forward at the time um, exists. Uh, For instance, uh, evidence of um, self-defense, mental health crises, uh, substance use disorder, um, sex trafficking, things of this nature that, uh, you know, there are the world is evolving to recognize that these uh, crimes aren't done in, you know, a vacuum, that they may have justification or excuse that that courts are just now recognizing. Adrian, beyond someone believing that they have an innocence case or an unjust conviction case, what are the other basic criteria that you would consider when looking at an application? Yeah, so when looking at an application, we want to make sure that whatever crime they're convicted of happened in the state of Montana. Um, We are licensed to practice within the state of Montana. So crimes that happen outside of the state of Montana, I will typically send them over to an innocence project in that state. Um, Otherwise, I'm looking for someone who um, has exhausted all of their appeals um, and who is no longer represented. Those are the main criteria that I look for just on their face. Adrian, could you clarify um, when you say someone has exhausted their appeal, which appeal we're talking about? So we're looking for someone who has exhausted their direct appeal, um, which is the basically the first appeal that happens after they've been convicted and they're looking to bring it back to the court for another look. Katie, what are some reasons that MTIP may not consider a case? 
so we consider every application thoroughly. The reason why we might, might not take on a case for representation is, um, you know, there might just be lack of new verifiable evidence at this point in time. It's not, you know, when we deny a case, it has nothing to do with whether we believe that someone is guilty, innocent, wrongfully convicted, anything along those lines. It's just what we can bring to a court and what what limitations we have based on the way that the law is written in the state of Montana and the federal courts. So that's a that's one of those ones where we take a lot of time evaluating, is there new evidence out there? Is there a new lead out there that might lead to to credible new evidence? Um, that's probably the biggest one that's kind of a case-by-case evaluation that can get a little squishy. And can you, in a little bit more detail, describe what we mean when we say new evidence of innocence? Yes. So um, what wouldn't be new, I'm going to kind of define it by what it wouldn't be, is things that existed and were known at the time of trial. So even if they weren't brought up in, in your trial, even if your attorney you know, forgot or didn't put in certain evidence, we can't bring that up now because if it was provided to you in discovery or you knew about it, then we can't say that it's new. Um, it's not new if it was raised at trial and it ultimately wasn't, um, it wasn't persuasive to the jury. Like uh, sometimes people will bring up things about um, witnesses being impeached on the stand. If they were impeached on the stand, then there's no way to bring that up again. It was already done once. So um, that's kind of the big sticking point is that I think that sometimes understandably people are like, how is, how are I convicted? How was I convicted of something when the evidence was so weak? We don't disagree. It's just that if you already put forward all that evidence, then we can't claim that it's new. And Adrian, what should someone who is interested in applying for MTIP's legal services do? So yeah, someone who is interested in applying for our legal services should write us a letter. Um, it, it would go to our P.O. box, which is listed on our website. That's P.O. box 7607 in Missoula, Montana, 59807. Um, just handwrite a quick letter, or if you need assistance, you can type or have someone write it for you, um, and you can dictate it to them. Just let us know that that's been dictated and someone else is writing it for you. Just a really quick brief description of what your case is and why you think you would be eligible for our assistance. Um, And then from there, I will review um, and then we'll let you know the next steps. One other thing that people who are writing us should know is that if you'd like us to uh, communicate with a person or a family member or a friend, um, please write that, note that in your um, communication with us because we take confidentiality really seriously. And just because somebody calls and says, hey, I'm their mom, that we do not disclose anything. Even if you have applied, we don't disclose that until we know that it's okay with you. So Katie, how can people expect this process to unfold? And how about, I know that this question is hard to answer, but about how long should they expect it to take? So we are a little bit about our organization. We're a small nonprofit. We rely on, um, the work of volunteers um, to assist us in evaluating cases. And oftentimes those volunteers fluctuate around school terms. So um, from the time that you, you know, submit an application, um, we try to have, um, we try to get back to you with some correspondence within a month. Um, And then from there, it really depends on your individual case. Um, We are 
the type of work that we do during that time is is document acquisition. So if you if your attorney was through the Office of Public Defender or a private attorney, we reach out to them and try to try to get your t- file. Sometimes that can take delay. Then from there, it's processing the file. It's getting your um, information to volunteers and myself and pro bono attorneys and potentially investigators. It's creating a, a team around your individual application and reviewing and processing it for our criteria. And it's a really high bar. Before we take on a case, we make sure that we know pretty much everything that we can about the case because, um, you know, it's we're not in as good of a place as as far as, uh, you know, post-conviction, you're not presumed innocent. And so we have to make sure that we know everything about your case ahead of time, what the potential pitfalls are, and how this new evidence can rebut it. So that's that can take quite a bit of time. To answer your question directly, I don't have a timeline for, for each individual person. We're committed to maintaining communication along the way uh, to let people know what we're doing on each case. Is there anything else either of you would like to say about um, our legal program or how people can access our assistance? Um, we just appreciate your your um, courage in coming forward and advocating for yourself. Um, we also appreciate your patience. Um, we understand that uh, whatever you, your loved one, or yourself are facing is is really difficult, and um, you know that the system um, is not a quick one. Um, and we do recognize that there's injustice in that as well. El proyecto de inocencia de Montana ofrece asesoramiento legal gratuito a personas inocentes o condenadas injustamente. Para recibir información en español, envíe una carta solicitando información a Montana Innocence Project, P.O. Box 7607, Missoula, Montana, código postal 59807. Justice is a Montana Innocence Project podcast. The artwork was created by Rob Truax, and the music was composed by Corey Fay. To learn more about the Montana Innocence Project, visit our website, mtinnocenceproject.org, or follow us on social media at Big Sky Innocence. To submit a case, visit our website and click on the Request Legal Assistance tab. Thank you for unpacking injustice with the Montana Innocence Project.